What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. Jordan Bud here, your host, and I have to do a big time apologizing to everybody because this episode was supposed to roll out before Thanksgiving with a bunch of Thanksgiving sale information on it, and I was in between hunts, and it didn't post like it was supposed to. That was uh, that was my fault. So here we are, a week later. We're doing it again, and uh, this is actually, I'm on my way back right now to Nebraska to finish out the guiding season in December for muzzleloader. Um, just coming back from a Colorado late bull hunt that I did with Leah. Met her there. She was at home in Idaho working, and I was in Nebraska working, and went to New Mexico to film a deer hunt, got done with that, and then... Um, Went to Colorado, spent Thanksgiving with her, and we had elk tags in our pocket. And I'll dive into that just a little bit later briefly. I don't want to go into it. Um, I don't want to do it too in-depth, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a fun hunt. So I'll just kind of give you the quick and dirty on it and some of the gear items that we used. Um, so, yeah, I think one of the, the first things coming up that's going on over at the Rock Slide, um, on the Rock Slide forums, is something pretty cool. So the, the photo contests are going to start wrapping up here real soon. So if you are a member of the Rock Slide forums and you shot an animal this year and you have a cool picture you want to post, um, head over there and check it out. The the whole premise of the photo contest is just that. It's a photo contest. It's not a size contest. So get over there. There's some super cool things to to win. How you do it is you get on the Rockside forums, go to the species subforum, and at the top there will be a sticky with um, an official thread to post your photo. You can only post one photo. And if you post more, Robbie will will kick you out. So he takes it very seriously so one photo per person I believe per animal um, so there you go if you're interested in it um, like the elk uh, contest Kafari was sponsoring it with a $750 gift card or credit to their store um, Iron Will is also pitching in a knife for second place <clears throat> uh, First Light has the whitetail contest covered Stone Glacier has the uh, sheep contest covered, and Cryptech has the mule deer contest covered with a $750 credit to their store. And then if you get second place, Robbie's going to give you a book. So, which everybody should have Robbie's book if they don't already. You should just go buy it. That would be a good gift giver thing as well. Um, yeah, so that's going on. Go check it out. Speaking of Robbie, we just did an article or a podcast with him called the, I think it's called Mule Deer Heartbreak. We talk about his season so far as of like the end of October. Um, haven't talked to him since about anything, um, but we did that. And then we had Kyle Camp on talking about preparation and recovery from Valley to Peak Nutrition. And then I got on and talked about late season gear when I was on my way down. I believe it was either to New Mexico or it was to Colorado. I was talking about late season gear and, uh, and yeah, basically preparing for the Colorado hunt. Um, the same thing happened to that episode. It didn't upload correctly. So working on getting that reposted. Hopefully that'll be 
already up by the time that this episode goes up tomorrow. Um, yeah, and then I missed all of the sales. I feel really bad about it. Um, so I wanted to talk about like maybe some of my, like a gift guide. Some of the products that I use a lot that you could give as a gift that would be good. But first, new Rockslide articles. Jim Carr just came out with an article covering the Sitka Kelvin Aerolite sleeping bag that they just came out with this year. That's a new product. And then there is a Vortex Razor HD scope. It's a 5 to 22 by 50 millimeter scope review. That's up on the Rockside forums currently. So gift giving some some things that I that I really like from some of the companies that sponsor Rockslide and um, you know that I've just been using for a long time. First one, Kafaru. Kafaru uh, one like a good gift item. I have been using their checkpoint backpack, which is what they classify as like an EDC, an everyday carry bag. I put my laptop in it, carry podcast gear in it, um, clothes, editing stuff. It's just a really good backpack for like a carry-on or like going to the office, everyday carry type of deal. So that is, uh, that's something from Kafara that would be a good gift giver or uh, a good gift item. Another one or just another addition to your pack that is really good as well is the Sherman Pocket, which attaches super well to like a 22 mag or a 44 mag, which we had just we just both used on this last Colorado trip. So you can check that out. Basically, what it is is it attaches to the back of your backpack, and it essentially is like another little pocket that you can put stuff in, and then it's like a lo uh, not a load sling, but um, like a sling that you can stuff a jacket into or something and then you can unclip the top clips it swings down there's a little slide in pocket you can put the butt of your rifle in and then the straps that once clipped the Sherman pocket up in place now goes around your gun barrel and you have a really slick way to carry your rifle and Leah used that on this Colorado trip and it was really nice um, Another one, and this is just thanking one of our partners, is Black Rifle Coffee. Get somebody um, some coffee, have them check, uh, test it out. And um, one that we used all the time, and I use a lot, they have the they have what they call like steep steeping bags. And I really like those because they're like a, a lighter roast. You can keep them in the water longer it basically looks like a tea bag so you get water hot you toss toss it in there and leave it for a while and then you have coffee it's basically an instant coffee um i really like that one because it's a lighter it feels like a lighter roast versus their um instant packs which they also have and they're also they're really good too um i just kind of prefer a lighter roast so the the steep bags do that for me better um and then just on the daily for coffee, the uh, Freedom Roast is my favorite. Um, I think it's a light. It might be a medium, but it's like on the very lighter side of medium if it's a medium. But I really, really like that. Um, and then when I was in Cabela's the other day, I saw that they had the new Christmas ones out. So I grabbed a bag of that. I haven't tried it yet, but 
that would be a good gift to give. Another good gift to give would be like an Onyx Hunt membership. Give the gift of maps and navigation. Um, and you can always get 20% off of your Onyx purchase by entering the code ROCKCAST at checkout. Get you 20% off. Uh, another thing, Go Hunt. Um, they were running a they were running a 50% off on their website, and it might. I mean, some of these might still be going on because I didn't miss it by much, but I definitely missed it. So I apologize again for that. They have a little stool on there, and it's a little glassing stool. There's a couple different sizes. I haven't got to try one yet, but they look badass. If you want like a lightweight glassing um, seat option, that could be a good one there. Um, first light, they, um, they have some good pieces I've been using first light for a long time. They've been a long time sponsor of the website. Um, I've been using especially their, their base layers when they first came out with those. I got a pair of like the base layer pant, um, like bottoms, which I think would pretty much be equivalent to like the fuse now. And I used those for a long time until the crotch ended up ripping out. Um, and then I got rid of them, and then I got some more stuff, and then now um, I work with them. So the uh, some staple pieces from them that would be good gift givers would be their wick tops, which is their lightest weight uh, merino tops. The wick hoodie is my absolute favorite. I'm in, I know, kind of a unique position where I get to try a lot of their stuff and a lot of their shirts, and that's one that I just, I wear that thing all the time. Um, so they're, they're fantastic and they're pretty stylish too. If you just get them in a solid color, you can wear them all the time. I'm wearing one, um, right now actually. Uh, so that, that's a good one. And then the next one for like a jacket is their catalyst jacket. And if you get the white tail version of their catalyst jacket, um, that's in their whitetail pattern. They have what they call a kit link pass through. Basically it's zippers on the sides that open up and let you get um, in completely inside the jacket. It's not a pocket. It lets you get inside the jacket to your inner layers. And what that's for is to get into um, like your, the pockets on the bibs. But I really like it for, you know, Western hunting and all the things um, because it, for one, you get a zip off hood with it so you can zip the hood off and then two um those those vents they act as vents for all the hunting so if you're hiking a lot so that is really nice coming from them um crispy another one you know obviously boots are kind of an expensive gift to give but um i just wore their the brickstools and i reviewed the Brickstools that actually I still am wearing, they're, they're kind of on their, their last leg. I'm wearing the, um, I'm wearing the treads down a lot, but I will for sure be getting another pair. Um, they are, that Brickstool boot is, um, the one that I'm wearing is 200 grams insulation. They also make an uninsulated version, but if you have a narrow foot and you want a little bit like more of a technical boot, um, that's a little bit stiffer than your average boot, but it's still okay for, um, like moderate terrain and you can still take them in some steeper, like nastier, more technical type stuff. The Brickstool is a fantastic, fantastic boot. Um, so give those a, a check. And then they also make the Ativa shoe that I've been wearing. Um, I reviewed last year 
and then uh, that's just a good like all around like trail running shoe um, everyday tennis shoe they breathe extremely well um, because they don't they don't have Gore-Tex in them so they're not a waterproof shoe but for like everyday just a kick around lightweight pair of shoes they're fantastic so go check those out um, another one I'm going to talk about here later is Outdoorsman's um, and I'm going to pair this up with um, SNS Archery, something that uh, a product that SNS Archery carries exclusively, I believe now, which is the Slick 624 tripod. Slick was going to get rid of that tripod, um, and SNS loved it so much they begged them, and they said, "All right, we'll make it, but you guys are going to be the ones that carry it." So the Slick 624 tripod's carbon fiber tripod runs in at about 230 bucks, I think. If you pair that with the Outdoorsman's pan head or just any of the Outdoorsman's heads, they also have like a pistol grip. They have a micro pan um, as well, but I love the pan head. Been using that exact same pan head, gosh, since 2017, I think is when I first started using it. Been using it a long time, but if you pair that head and that tripod together, that's fantastic. And then Outdoorsman's has a window mount option that accepts um, any of their heads with a simple dove, uh, dovetail style um, uh, mount. So you can use the same head on your window mount as you do on your tripod so you don't have to switch out any heads or um, tripod plates, I mean, or anything like that. So that is, that is damn nice from Outdoorsman's. And then... Uh, yeah, there's plenty of other things. Um, another thing from SNS that I really like that is um, like an SNS branded product is their trekking poles. I do really, really like those. So those are some of my gift items, I guess. Um, On to some hot news. For the Utah crowd, you gained 8,000 new acres of access. I believe the Game and Fish actually purchased this and it's called the Cinnamon Creek is what they're calling it. It's near the Cache Valley or the Cache Weber County line. Over in Utah or uh sorry, over in Nevada, next state over, they are they haven't done this yet to my knowledge, but they are considering um offering up a bounty for coyotes so it'd be 50 bucks a coyote um, they do have like a cap on the number you know the overall number that they will that they an overall like a, a cap on the money amount that they will give as a whole so that could run out um, if they get to that number uh, but anyways that's something that they're considering mostly because they say mule deer numbers are taking a hit um, you know, as they are kind of all over the West. Um, they're saying it's due to predators. They also attribute wild horses to that. I'm assuming because it's, they're taking away some of their habitat. Um, and then they say elk as well. So that could be coming if you are a Nevada in. And then uh, back over to Utah, they're going to do an allocation change is what they're calling it. Um, the over-counter or over-the-counter permits for residents you could get for like spike elk and some of the bull permits they're going to move that to a draw for one year to weigh the pros and cons because last year they sold 15,000 tags in 11 days and they were overloading their their system, basically. <clears throat> so they want to change that to a draw just to see if that would lighten up and let the website work a little bit better, I guess. 
Um, important dates, we're going to start rolling the important dates back out, which is basically because tag season or uh, application season is coming right up. So important dates, the first one for non-residents for Idaho starts December 1st, and that is to get your elk or deer tag that used to be over the counter and like a general tag where you could go to any unit that you that you wanted that was uh, a general unit um, now they have capped those and you have to pick a unit so that is coming up December 1st essentially I am now an Idaho resident but at the time last year I was a non-resident and so I hopped on December 1st I think it opened at like 10 a.m. You basically jump on their website, and the order that you jump on the website will put you in line to get into the system. I think they let you in for like 15 minutes to choose the tag you want and to purchase. So if you if there's a certain unit that you really want, they are all now capped, so you need to get on that pretty damn fast. So December 1st is when that's open. That's just here tomorrow. Um, okay little bit uh, going to the hot minute I want to touch on the elk hunt that I just got off of so the premise of this elk hunt I guess was we wanted to do uh, an out-of-state hunt together and that is Leah and I to do that together um, I, guiding season's pretty full but I usually always have some time like over Thanksgiving I don't book anybody because it is a holiday uh, and with the season changes that uh, Colorado has done, that date set that I had available was right over um, Thanksgiving, which would be the fourth season in Colorado. So we put in for elk tags. We drew them down there, pretty much an over-the-counter unit. I believe third season it's over-the-counter, but fourth season it's capped, so we had to put in for it. But simple to draw. Um, I'd been in the unit a little bit previously on a deer hunt filming it so I had kind of the logistics down as far as like access camping spots some good glassing spots and we had seen some elk in the area but we'd seen a pile of hunters as well um and Leah really wanted to get a six point um to get a six point bull that was her that was her goal and so that's what we set out to do and we did it we got her the biggest bull that we could find on the mountain, which was a six by six. We're going to go into that hunt in detail in another podcast and really talk about it. I thought it was kind of unique, um, how it all played out. We, I think it was like the second evening we walked away from, um, an opportunity at a couple of like, you know, five point bulls that were like decent five points. You know, they weren't just like what some would call a raghorn, but, uh, we went ahead and walked away from them, and uh, it paid off. Found six by six. We were after him for about three days, and the evening, um, it would have been the second to last day of the hunt that evening, we got on him. He was with cows, bugled about five minutes before we shot him, a big raspy bugle, and got into about 240 yards, and Leah put the smack down on him. So... That was a, it was a super fun hunt. Um, just, I wanted to touch on like a few gear items, key gear items that we used and kind of how we did the pack out. So when we got to him that evening, we were about a mile and a half in um, <clears throat> from the vehicle. 
luckily we were fairly close to a trail so um there was a bit of uphill <laughs> there was like an up there was an up there was a long long stretch of fairly flat kind of moderate rolly type stuff and we had a decent downhill and then another pretty damn good uphill to get back to the vehicle so that night we quartered him out left him bone in put him in our gal um our galley geez our golly bags i had the bone in bags so we put all four quarters in there and tried to there was really no place to hang it um there was like some little spindly um like quakies around but we didn't feel too good about hanging it and it was pretty damn gonna be pretty damn cold it was like down in the teens so we we put them in meat bags and then we um just set them on snow in a spot that we knew was gonna get a lot of shade time before we were gonna be able to get back the next day and then we took out um, the neck meat, some of the scraps, um, and things that you have to take off there, and then the tenderloins and innerloins. So we split that up between the two of us and took that out the first night, and then went back the next morning, deboned the shoulders and the hindquarters, shuttled half of it up to the like the first part of the uphill, and stashed it in the shade. Again, where it could keep pretty damn cool and. Um, and then we took the deboned. Um, the first load was the the rear quarters, and then the second load was the front shoulders deboned with the head. So that's kind of how we did that. Leah was using using the uh, 44 mag with a Sherman pocket on it, which the Sherman pocket was really nice to be able to carry her rifle. Um, she's got a, a she was shooting a Remington. It was a Model 70. 30-06 that her dad gave her a long time ago, and we had that topped off with a six-hour scope. So that's what she was carrying for a rifle. I was carrying the SIG Cross in a 308 with a SIG scope on it as well. Um, and that the cross was nice to carry because the stock folds and it it sits like within the height of the pack. So when I had that thing strapped into the back, we got into a spot where we were going through a lot of brush and a lot of shit like that. And we were able, we were able to, uh, I was able to kind of traverse through that a little bit easier, I think, cause I didn't have a full length rifle on my pack, but that's what she had. I was using the 22 mag from Kafaru. Um, no, I, you know, looking back, I would have done the exact same thing. When we were packing meat out, um, that 22 mag, the bag is just big enough for a deboned hind quarter on an elk. It pretty much takes up the whole thing. Um, I didn't use the meat shelf just because I didn't really need to. I don't care if I have meat in the bag. Um, and then we figured out that we could put a deboned hind quarter and a deboned front shoulder in that 44 mag, and that would be pretty damn full there. Um, but we just didn't, didn't take that much of a load we split it up um gosh what else did we use i used the crispy brixtel boot again was a very, very badass boot um the temperatures were like it was pretty damn warm for a fourth season um, i know a lot of people have been complaining about that we ended up shooting that bull at 9800 feet and there was some snow up there that had snowed like 
a few days previous, but it was really starting to melt and um, and whatnot. So, you know, trekking poles were big for us. Leah's using a set of, I think, just a set of black diamond poles. I was using the SNS archery poles. Um, so that was good. For clothing-wise, oh, yeah, getting back to what I was talking about with the kind of the temperatures. We were looking, you know, teens, uh, low teens in the mornings and in the evenings. It got pretty damn cold fast in the evenings. Um, but during that, the midday, it, it would get to like 40, 45 there in the last few days of the season. So we both had on like a wick, um, the wick lightweight merino top from First Light. And then over the top of that would have been the Kalamath hoodies. And then from there, she went straight to the Chamberlain puffy jacket from First Light. Um, I, over the top of my Kalamath, I had the uh, Catalyst jacket on, the whitetail version. And then I had an Unca Padre that I put over the top of that. And then always as our top layer, since there is a, an orange restriction or an orange requirement in Colorado with a vest and a hat, um, we had the First Light catalyst vests that were in orange so that gave us a little bit of a warmth value there as well with that um for the pants pretty sure we both had on uh the first day i just had the wick bottoms on over the or underneath of my catalyst foundry pants um we ended up using the the heavyweight, which is the furnace bottoms. I think she wore that the whole time. But the furnace bottoms with the catalyst foundry at the top of it, that worked really well. Um, with the hip vents on those foundry pants, we were able to um, we were able to to do really well on um, heat, you know, regulation or temperature regulation. Um, gosh, what else? One thing I think is kind of underrated on these late season hunts is rain gear. We didn't, you know, we didn't use a lot of it, but rain gear on late season hunts is really nice for like, if you're going to be sitting in snow glassing a lot, if there's going to be a lot of snow or just wet ground, which there seems to be, especially when it's, you know, freezing at night. And then during the, the daytime, it's warming up. There's just a lot of mud and stuff on the trails and the snow is melting. It's just a lot of wet ground. So being able to throw some rain gear on and just keep your pants dry is really nice. And then one thing I think is underrated with rain gear as well on the jacket side of things um, is just having a rain jacket that cuts wind extremely well. So being able to cut wind in those situations is really huge. And um, a lot of questions that I get on gear it, or on clothing anyways, especially jackets is like, well, what? how does it do for blocking wind? Um, and you know, even like the Sitka gear, the Jetstream jacket that has the wind blocker in it from Gore, that's a good wind blocker, but it just, there's no better wind blocker than a rain jacket in my mind. And a lot of times rain gear is freaking expensive. We spend a lot of, uh, a lot of money on our rain gear and most of the time it just sits on our packs. So use that jacket to your advantage, throw it on over the top of everything, um, if you need to when you're glassing or whatever and block that wind. That's really nice. Um, a tarp. Uh, a lot of times I always have my Kafaru sheep tarp with me, um, especially the late season. You know, you're blocking wind. You can get out of the sun with it and everything, but it also lets you um, have, like, a place to put meat on 
which we fell short in this category because um, when we went back to debone, of course, I just want, I wanted to be as light as I can. We, sh we stripped like everything from our packs that we absolutely didn't need when we went into pack meat and I tossed the tarp out because I'm like, well, oh, we don't need to tarp. Like, it's not that sunny. Um, we don't need to cover the meat or anything. So I'm just going to leave the tarp here. And that was dumb because um, it started heating up and anywhere that was out of the shade and in the sun was getting pretty damn muddy and it was hard, getting difficult to keep that meat um, nice and clean. And uh, so that was my shortcoming of not bringing the damn tarp to throw all the meat on to keep it off the ground. So something we definitely are going to do in the future. Um, gosh, another thing that was nice was bringing a stove, at least having like a little backpacking stove in the vehicle. Um, you can, you know, midday that day, she actually shot her bull. We, we tried to get on that bull that morning, went in a little bit different spot. That mountain was just really hard to hunt. There was no good places to, you know, shoot from most of it, especially where he had been. It was just rolly. It was in the quakies. Um, so you couldn't see too far through the quakies and it was just rolling anyways. So, you know, a hundred yard shot and in was looking like it was going to be pretty damn likely. Um, and so we were trying to get into a different spot to try to shoot across a canyon to him and where we could get to, you just couldn't see him. Um, so we ended up coming out a different way that we thought would be better and we wanted to scout it going out so we could hopefully get back in a little bit easier and that didn't really work out for us either unfortunately um so we went through like a bunch of brush and all that nasty stuff um so we had a pretty hard morning and didn't want to drive all the way back to the trailer for lunch so i had just a uh, a jet boil that was in my pickup and we had a mountain house and we split a mountain house for lunch, which was really nice just to get something hot in you and have some coffee as well. It was a big booster for the evening that we were about to endure. So that's a good thing to, to have you with you on the late season hunts, even if it's in your vehicle. Um, something to, to make some coffee or make a mountain house for lunch was really nice. Um, gosh, what other big things did we use? Um, oh, I was going to touch on the window mount from Outdoorsman's. Um, they make a little quick release. I would say it's like a quick adapter that you can put on any tripod. Screws onto the threads. And then it's the, like, the female end of a dovetail mount. And that female end matches the male end that is on their tripod heads. So you can throw that on the tripod head. And then you can take it off. And their window mount is basically the same female version or female side of the dovetail. And you can just take your tripod head quickly off your tripod, throw it on your window mount. And we use those excessively on this hunt. I think just that's very applicable to a lot of um, late season hunts in general. Which is really nice. Um, gosh, what else big did we use? Um, spotting scopes, you know, that was huge. We were looking at those elk from a long ways away. And there was a lot of bulls over there that we were trying to pick over to try to find a six point. So <clears throat> good spotting scopes were nice to have. So I was using the Sig Sauer, the Oscar 8, which is the 80 millimeter. 
it's currently basically the only um, spotter that they offer for like really hunting type scenarios I would say is that 80 millimeter it's been a great scope for me so those are just some of the things that we used on that late season hunt that we just got off of and was really nice so yeah cool we will dive into that hunt way more in detail um, and the gear we used and and things like that later on but that's what we got so far um Again, want to thank our sponsor, Onyx Hunt Maps. You can use code ROCKCAST at checkout for 20% off. Which, of course, we uh, are big fans of. And we want to thank our partner, Black Rifle Coffee. I use their instant packs a lot on this hunt. And um, put those coffee steep bags. I use them a lot as well. They're really nice. And... Um, gosh, what else? So we will get on to that. Leah is the one that we're going to do the meat care episode with. We just, we got out really late off the mountain last night, went and got a hotel room so we could shower like normal humans and so we could get in the hot tub this morning. And then we both had really long drives ahead of us. So we just did not um, get to knock out the podcast like I would have liked to, but that is, that is coming. As soon as I get done with this guiding season and I can get home, um, right after Christmas, we will knock that out. I know it's late, but it's just <laughs> the life of a podcaster in the, um, in the fall, trying to, to guide and hunt and do the podcast and all that stuff, but I'm doing the best I can. So that's what we got for you this week. I'll get this thing knocked out again. I apologize for not getting it out last week. Just didn't, uh, didn't, didn't get uploaded right. So We'll talk to you guys on the next one. And, uh, yeah, have hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and good luck in these late-season hunts going on in the Midwest.